Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now this is the drive at 5 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli Dang, that was the word. Remember that? Dang, when the attorney on the stand was confronted with the text messages. Dang. So the question is, will Fawny and her Fanny and uh, Nathan Wade, will they be disqualified from the case? Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. There's a lot going on today. It's a big day. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show today that there is a Blaze journalist who is now, um, well, he's been arrested by the FBI for reporting on January 6th. I mentioned how Catherine Herridge is now being held in contempt of court, $800 a day if she does not release the name of her source. This is not America right now. We are dealing in a police state of a country. I've been telling you we've been in a police state for a long, long time, um, and it's just absolutely crazy. We also have a judge in Illinois removing Donald Trump from the presidential ballot. I hope the Supreme Court will come back very, very soon, slap down Colorado, obviously, and end this nonsense once and for all. Um, To clarify Susie's question earlier in the show, it was, do I agree with the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos that the Supreme Court is going to say Donald Trump does not have immunity? The answer is no, and I do not think the court's going to say that. I think the court is, is absolutely going to say that the president does have criminal immunity because you can't try presidents in criminal court. That's why we have the impeachment clause of the Constitution. It is my opinion the court is going to rule in favor of that. Obviously, I'll be tuned in like the nerd I am on the 22nd of April when they when they hear the case. I'll be tuned in. But the Supreme Court has to hear this case. It's very, very important why they have to take this up. The immunity case. And I'm going to I'm going to share this opinion piece with you from two writers named David Rifkin and Elizabeth Price Foley. All right. And this is a good piece, you know, and and. Let's jump into this for a second here. 
Many observers thought the Supreme Court would decline to consider Donald Trump's claim that presidential immunity shields him from prosecution for his conduct on January 6, 2021. But on Wednesday, the justices announced they're going to hear that. And really, the justices had little choice but to take up the question because the lower court's ruling was so sweeping and dangerous. Mr. Trump claims that his allegedly criminal actions, again alleged by the government, were official acts taken as president. The U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia held that it didn't matter if they were, that no president is entitled to immunity from generally applicable criminal laws, generally applicable criminal laws. That decision violates the separation of powers, threatens the independence and vigor of the presidency, and is inconsistent with Supreme Court precedent. The justices are unlikely to decide whether Mr. Trump's actions were, in fact, official acts. Instead, they will consider the key legal question. Whether and if so, to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office? That's a novel question, but in Nixon v. Fitzgerald, 1982, the high court held that a president enjoys absolute immunity from civil suits predicated on his official acts, even if they fell foul of federal laws of general applicability. Justice Lewis Powell wrote that such immunity is a functionally mandated incident of the president's unique office. Rooted in the constitutional tradition of the separation of powers and supported by our history, such lawsuits could distract a president from his public duties to the detriment of not only the president and the office, but also the nation that the presidency was designed to serve. Mr. Trump maintains that he believed the 2020 presidential election was riddled with fraud and that his conduct on January 6th was fully consistent with his constitutional obligations to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Whatever the merits of that claim, it raises weighty questions of law and fact that the D.C. Circuit was wrong to brush aside. Most centrally, that the president's power is granted by the Constitution, which, as the supreme law of the land, overrides ordinary, generally applicable statutes. So it might be applicable to you or me or somebody else under statute is not generally applicable to presidents. The D.C. Circuit decision opened the door to all manner of constitutional crises. A former president could be prosecuted for ordering a military attack on an American affiliated with a foreign terrorist organization, even though such an order is clearly within his authority as commander in chief, they write. Now, I've brought that I've brought that argument up to you many times. That is the drone strike that was ordered, the, the killing of Anwar al-Awlaki, an American who was suspected of being a terrorist, and Obama ordered his death. And my point is, listen, all it takes is one U.S. attorney or one attorney general to come along and say, I think that was murder. I don't think the president had the right to order that. His constitutional rights, Anwar Awlaki's constitutional rights were completely ignored. He had no due process, and the president murdered him. Aggressive prosecutors motivated by ideology or partisanship could use capriciously worded criminal statutes, including those regarding mail or wire fraud, 
capaciously, excuse me, uh, racketeering false statements and misrepresentations to challenge almost any presidential action, including those related to national security activities. As with civil suits, it isn't enough to say that the former president would have the opportunity to mount a defense in court. The mere possibility of personal prosecution for official actions would chill future presidential decisions. The D.C. Circuit casually disregards this danger, simply asserting that the public interest in prosecuting crimes is weightier than the risk of chilling impartial and fearless presidential action. It asserts that a president wouldn't be unduly cowed by the prospect of criminal liability any more than a juror or executive aide would be. That analogy is inapt because the president's responsibilities are much weightier than those of jurors or aides. He alone is the singular head of a constitutional branch of government. As the justices recognized in Nixon v. Fitzgerald, the greatest public interest is not in enforcing ordinary statutes against the president. Immunity is necessary to ensure he has the maximum ability to deal fearlessly and impartially with the duties of his office. The D.C. Circuit dismissed as slight the risk that former presidents will be politically targeted because prosecutors have, as they wrote, ethical obligations not to initiate unfounded prosecutions. The D.C. Circuit also said there are additional safeguards in place, including the requirement of seeking an indictment from a grand jury. Those arguments border on frivolous. Not all prosecutors are ethical. And even those who are may be overzealous. Many cases have featured prosecutorial misconduct or abuse. And the justices have surely heard the saying that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. Lawyers in civil cases are also bound by ethical obligations, but that didn't change the case for presidential immunity in the court's ruling in 1982. Jack Smith, the special counsel in the Trump case, has asserted that federal prosecutors make decisions without regard to politics, but his conduct in this case bellies that claim, belies that claim. His chief argument against Mr. Trump's petition for a stay of the D.C. Circuit's decision denying his immunity was that such a delay would cause serious harm to the government and to the public. Jack Smith says the case presents a fundamental question at the heart of our democracy. Well, many Supreme Court cases raise such questions. And Jack Smith avoids saying what distinguishes this one. The obvious answer is the election timetable. Smith's demand for fast-tracking the Supreme Court's considerations thus contradicts the D.C. Circuit's suppositions about prosecutorial ethical probity. Trying Mr. Trump, the all-but-certain Republican nominee for president before the election, is inconsistent with Section 9-27.260 of the Justice Department's Justice Manual, which makes clear that prosecutors, quote, may never make a decision regarding prosecution or select the timing thereof for the purpose of affecting any election or for the purpose of giving an advantage or disadvantage to any candidate or political party. The question of presidential immunity is an important one for our constitutional democracy of separated government powers, and the D.C. Circuit made a grievous error in disposing of it so casually. The justices were right to halt the proceedings until they can give the issue the careful consideration it deserves. This is written by two people. One served in the 
Justice Department under Reagan, and the other one served serves as a constitutional law professor and um, <clears throat> was, a, um, I believe, a former judge. Now, look, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And at issue here, you have to realize is the three circuit is the three judge panel on the D.C. Circuit Court and their findings and their rulings. And what they essentially found here was that don't worry about it. Even though we know this could theoretically open up the door to other presidents being prosecuted, don't sweat it, kids, because most prosecutors are good, decent people who would never do such a thing. Let's not forget that Jack Smith got slapped by the Supreme Court in a unanimous ruling when he charged a governor with bribery. And the court overturned that conviction of Bob McDonald in a unanimous ruling. He's an overzealous prosecutor. And we've seen many overzealous prosecutors over the years trying to make names for themselves, particularly by going after politicians. You don't think that going after an ex-president would be the ultimate get? Oh, my. I mean, come on. You want to make a name for yourself and you're a U.S. attorney? Think about it this way, right? When Chris Christie was the United States attorney for, for New Jersey back in the early aughts, he went after corrupt public officials up and down the state. He got like 150-something convictions. Now, several of those convictions were overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Don't forget, though, that Chris Christie used his, uh, his, his corrupt politician-busting resume to launch his run for governor. I mean, he, he was praised by the New Jersey Star-Ledger. The Newark Star-Ledger wrote an op-ed that Chris Christie has already done more for the state of New Jersey than anyone else. He used that to launch his run for governor. You don't think a U.S. attorney with eyes on the governor's office or a Senate president would, wouldn't love to go after a former president of the United States, get a criminal conviction, or even just get a charge, even just get the guy in court? And, and, and where do you stop, too? I mean, where does, it, where does it end in terms of what you can go after a president for? So, no, I, if, if you that's the ultimate. I mean, that's the holy grail of, uh, of, of, of politics right there. Going after and prosecuting a former president. It would be ne- it would be never ending. I got news for you. Most United States attorneys general believe that they can become president someday. Most United States attorneys for whatever district that they are appointed to, they all believe they can one day become the governor, the senator. Most of them wind up running for that office at some point congressman, whatever. These things are massive stepping stones for political power. And it's not just Chris Christie. Remember, we also had New York, um, excuse me, we also had state attorneys general who also launched their political careers. Kamala Harris was the attorney general of California. Andrew Cuomo was the attorney general of New York, I believe. Elliot Spitzer was the attorney general of New York. Cuomo was the attorney general of New York, right, Matt DeSantis? I know the love gov. I sometimes, uh, his resume is so extensive, but I do believe he was, in fact, the attorney general of New York, correct? I think he, was, he went after Wall Street a lot, didn't he? Uh, I am actually not sure. I'll check right now. I, I, I'm pretty sure he was. And I think he did a lot of groping in that office, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, you get the point. State attorneys general launch careers for governor. United States attorneys general launch careers for the presidency. And higher office. They use these things as way. I mean, think of some of the things that they do. The New York Attorney General, Letitia James, is going after Donald Trump on a victimless crime of of inflating his assets. 
Now she's going after a meat company. They go after energy companies. They go after gun manufacturers. These people are, are, are political animals. You don't think they'd love to get the, the big one, frame that right above their bar like the uh, gigantic fish at Hemingway's at the Grand Hotel? This is our happy hour, sponsored by our friends at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, where we'll be for our first live show of the year on Friday, May 3rd. They got a big fish, big fish above the bar at Hemingway's. I don't know what kind of fish it is, a marlin or something. I don't know. It's stuffed. Point is, they would love to get that head on their mantle. That former president's head, they'd love to have that on their mantle. They would do it just to make a name for themselves. He was the attorney general. Thank you. From 2007 to 2010, right after Elliot Spitzer. The LevGov used that to launch his political career for governor of New York. And then ultimately, he wanted to run for the presidency. And he still might. Guy's got, he's got some political life left to him. The LevGov will make a comeback at some point. And then we have overzealous prosecutors. Remember the Duke lacrosse case, ring a bell? So the idea that you can say that former presidents can be criminally charged for the actions of their office would be insanity. And the court needs to strike that down. Plus... And these, this is something that the two don't mention in their article. It's an excellent piece, but they neglect to mention. We also have this pesky thing called the impeachment clause. And, and within that pesky thing called the impeachment clause, it already empowers a legislative body to be able to adjudicate if they believe the president has broken the law. And don't forget, Donald Trump was impeached for January 6th, and he was acquitted by the Senate. So if nothing else, you can argue that Congress already heard this and found that he was not guilty and acquitted him. Now, this would not count as standard double jeopardy if it were to enter the criminal court system, but it would certainly violate the spirit of the double jeopardy clause in the Constitution. Would 100% violate the spirit of double jeopardy. President's already been tried for this, and he was acquitted. By the only power, by the only body within the Constitution that has the constitutional authority to charge presidents with crimes, the House of Representatives, and by the only body that has the ability to try presidents for the crimes they are charged with by the House of Representatives, the United States Senate, and they acquitted him. So there is no question in my mind that George Stephanopoulos, the unbiased journalist, is 100% wrong when he says the court is going to come out and say Trump does not have immunity. See, the Trump derangement syndrome does not let these people see through the problem that they're creating by saying, well, it's different because January 6th was outside the scope of his office. Well, now you're going to get into a whole other can of worms, which is define what is a president's uh, actual, when, when, when a president is actually acting as president or not. Good luck with that. Good luck trying to figure that out, too. So now the Supreme Court's going to make that determination? What counts as an official presidential duty and what doesn't? No, that's, that is way beyond the scope of the court, and this court is not going to want to deal with that. Not this court. No. They like narrow rulings, and their narrow ruling is going to say, that's left to Congress. That's not left to us. The Congress has the power to make that determination. They've got to decide if the president is acting within his office or not. It's why we have the impeachment clause. It's not up to us to determine what are presidential acts and what aren't. When a president is acting in his official capacity or not, we can't make that determination because you're always the president. You don't get a day off. I mean, look, Biden gets a lot of days off, but he's still always the president. And the guy works like, what, a third of the year, but he's still the president. He still has the national command authority. You, you, it, unless you are removed by the 25th Amendment, 
or unless you remove yourself as president because you're undergoing surgery or something like that, like Jed Bartlett did in the West Wing, you are the president. You have the National Command Authority. You're always president. Whether you're on the golf course, whether you're on the beach, whether you're eating jello, you're the president. It doesn't change. So how do you distinguish between official acts of the presidency and unofficial acts of the presidency? I mean, if I go into Wawa and I order a sandwich, I'm, I'm ordering that as the president of the United States. It may not be my official job to order a sandwich, but I'm still the president. So now if I steal that sandwich, can I get arrested and charged with shoplifting? Well, first of all, they don't charge people with shoplifting in this country anymore. But no, the answer to that is no, I can't. Because as president, I cannot be subject to criminal laws the same way everybody else can. You can't charge me. I'm the president. You can't. So now Congress has to decide if I should be impeached for stealing a freaking, you know, shorty hoagie. It's just basic. It's very common. It's very, it's, it's understandable to everybody to meets the eye because maybe the president was given that sandwich as a gift. I don't know. But now I'm an overzealous prosecutor. I'm going to I'm going to say the president stole that sandwich. I don't, I mean, I reviewed the tape. I don't remember them giving you that hoagie. He says, what are you talking about? I, I was president. I walked in, they handed me the sandwich. I walked out. Well, I didn't pay for it. I didn't think I had to. I was, uh, I, they gave me a hoagie. I'm president. I mean, presidents get free food all the time. Like every, every, every president goes to Pat's and Geno's. I don't know why they do that, but they, they, you know, there's obviously different places to go, but you know, they never pay for their food. Everybody always gives them stuff. So what's going to happen? You're gonna like Larry Krasner now charging Donald Trump because he didn't pay for a cheesesteak at Geno's. Like, give me a freaking break. Like, stop it already. Enough. It's so stupid, but you can go down this crazy rabbit hole and you'll never come out of it. I'm telling you, you'll never come out of it because the line that all it takes is just one overzealous lunatic prosecutor to just try to make a name for himself. Even if he doesn't get a conviction, he'll be a hero to the other party. Look, if I'm a Republican and I'm running for and I'm the United States attorney for for D.C. or whatever, say up New Jersey, it doesn't matter. Really, the jurisdiction doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. Letitia James is going after a meatpacking company in, in Wisconsin. So now I'm the New Jersey United States attorney. Trump's appointed me to that position. And I decide I'm going to charge former President Joe Biden with um, with with aiding and abetting uh, the car thefts that are happening in the state by all the illegal immigrants and the drugs. And I'm going to charge him with aiding and abetting and blah, blah, blah. I hold a big press conference. I announce federal charges. I get a grand jury indictment against him. It doesn't matter if I get a conviction. I'm a freaking hero. I just charged Joe Biden criminally for his neglect and incompetence in office. I'm a hero. I can write my ticket. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. What are you What are you jumping in here to say now? I was just saying that uh, Krasner can't get Donald Trump for stealing a cheesesteak at Pat's because Donald Trump bought his cheesesteak and he bought everybody else a cheesesteak while there. Other presidential candidates, I, I yeah, I think they just get it for free. Mm. Trump treated everyone though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sure about that? You have the receipts to prove I, it? I don't know. I don't personally have the receipts. Okay. All right. Let me, I'll give you another example. What if a presidential candidate buys every single person, but forgets to pay for it? It's like, I got this, right? Takes everybody to KFC to get the cheesa. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> You've had this in my show sheet every day this week, so I'm going to finally bring it up just to make thank you happy, you. okay? Thank you. Thank you. A fried chicken pizza mashup. To me, this is more of an insult and cultural appropriation. This is worse <laughs> than pineapple on a pizza. This is disgusting. 
I, I've left it on that show sheet for at least, I guess it has been on there since Monday. I yeah. needed your reaction to it. It's disgusting. It's a cheesa. It's a fried freaking chicken pizza thing combination. It's 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 a cultural appropriation of my people <laughs> and my food, and I don't like it. Well, I'm hesitant to tell you this next part because I feel like it's really going to fire you up. But You ate it. I didn't try it, no, but people are saying it's like KFC's version of chicken parm. Ugh. <laughs> Fried chicken topped with mozzarella cheese and pepperoni slices. Ugh. And tomato sauce. Don't forget the sauce. Ugh. Looks disgusting. <laughs> People say it's good. All right, so if I bring everybody there and my, my, I do a campaign stop, I'm, pre, I'm, I'm president, I bring everybody in, I get cheeses for everybody, and I forget to pay on the way out the door. I just forgot. You know, and they, they were like, oh, we're just happy the president's here trying this disgusting thing, so we don't really care. You know what I mean? And now I get charged with, with theft because I stole cheeses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now the state attorney general or, or maybe the uh, district attorney charges me with theft. Uh, as a former president, I got I to gotta go to criminal court now and explain why I didn't pay for the cheeses. The bigger question is why the hell would you bring people to eat one of these things? That's the bigger question. Yeah, I can't imagine you're getting a very big crowd. Disgusting. Disgrazia is what that is, as we say, my people. Hey, speaking of fried chicken, Stephen A. Smith blasted Biden for sitting down and having fried chicken with a black family and uh, made the made the point that if Biden did, if President Trump did this, there would be so much outrage over this. Uh, <laughs> take a listen. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we're being fair... If we saw Donald Trump sit down in a black household, eat fried chicken with a father and a son, what would we say? We what? What would we say? What would we say? You know, folks out there would be calling it racist. Well, if it's racist for him, and I'm not saying it would be, but if it's racist for him, why wouldn't it be racist for Biden? Oh, he's fired up. It's a good point he makes. I can't disagree with him. But why isn't it racist to eat a cheesa? Because now you're offending uh, Italian Americans. That's my question. Disgusting. So I'm guessing there's no way you're ever going to try it. No, I'm not, and I'm not putting pineapple on my pizza when I when I make it in my pizza oven. Yeah, that I, I, I'm out on that, too. But no, that's another, it's another disgrazia. You know what I mean? It's another disgrace of my people. <laughs> Tired of it. Have you ever tried it, the, uh, the pineapple on the pizza, or is it just a no-go from the thought of it? No, I never tried it. Why would I try it? I don't I, know. I, just ask it. No, I will. I refuse to try. I, I would. You know what I try first? I would try heroin first before I would try pineapple on a pizza. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Maybe. Yeah, maybe give it a try. Maybe it's good. I, nah, why don't you get disgusting. me some pineapple on pizza? Is horrible. Disgusting, very, right, very Sean? Horrible. horrible. Would you eat that cheese though? That chicken fried chicken pizza chicken nonsense? tenders with pizza sauce Ugh. on it? Nah, I, I'll leave that alone. To eat too. <laughs> I don't want that. I do no. not want the chicken tenders and pizza. Why do we keep doing these things in America? I don't understand it. Can we leave good enough alone? You know what I mean? I swear these restaurants are just creating stuff so that it'll go viral on social media and have no intent on actually selling the item beyond that. 
You're yeah, probably right about that. Definitely, definitely. I saw one uh, that came up with Burger King. Burger King is actually uh, trying to get people to create their own burger, and they try to make it go viral. Oh, where you get to go make your own burger, and then you get to make the the, the burger go viral. That's you get to do that yourself. Yeah, and uh, they said that they're supposed to give out a cash prize, but we don't know what's the cash prize amount is. Mm. But it's something. I don't mm. know if the burger's going to be good. They just said make it creative. Well, I tell you what. <clears throat> These days, everybody wants to be famous in social media. So I, nothing would surprise me right now if somebody you know goes down this road of trying to come up with something really wacky and silly and everything like this. The best thing I've seen in a while, though, is pork roll on a burger. That that is that is the way to go. Have you ever ever had that pork roll on a burger with no, a fried egg on one. it? Well, you know, listen, gentlemen. Not only that, but I have made pork roll, egg, and cheese breakfast pizza. Hmm. That sounds good. That sounds it's real damn good. good. Sunday morning, you're a little bit, uh, you know. Yeah. I have a, a breakfast related question. Where does the Rich Zioli show fall on Scrapple? Not, not a big fan of Scrapple. I'm not oh, gonna I like lie. it. I like it. Do you? It depends yeah. on what I eat it with. I might like it. It depends. Yeah. What happens if you don't pay for Scrapple, though, and you wind up getting arrested by a rogue prosecutor? <laughs> Hell-bent on making a point out of you, right? Just saying. Um, Joe Biden got $40,000 from China, and that is a bombshell that just came out, according to a uh, an interview that was, Joe Biden got $40,000 from China funds. His brother James admits in a bombshell impeachment interview. That story just broke a short time ago. I'll share that with you. Uh, and the Hunter Biden testimony behind closed doors. There's a lot coming out about that as well. Biden's got some problems, some big ethical problems. As we wrap up 30 minutes of nonstop talk brought to you by our friends at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. My happy place go see them and uh they have a wonderful spring break special for the kids as well but i'd say about more biden corruption what trump had to say on the border yesterday some things you didn't get a chance to hear but i also want to tell you about uh natural lawn of america because they are my lawn care company and they are fantastic what they do that is that they will give you greener grass with fewer weeds guaranteed natural lawn of america choose my lawn care company i've been using them for years it is the safer alternative for your lawn than all those harsh chemicals that all the other companies use and what's different about natural lawn of america is it's based on your specific lawn you see, your lawn's different. It has different needs. Their technicians work to figure those needs out. And that's why the results are greener grass with fewer weeds, guaranteed. Here's the best part. Right now, for a limited time, when you call Natural Lawn of America and sign up for their program, they will seed your lawn every year for free. That free seeding every year is going to make sure that that lawn is healthy and thriving and you will be happy. Just call 1-800-FREE-SEED. 1-800-FREE-SEED. Choose my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America. It's safer for your pets, safer for the kids, and you'll love the lush, thick green lawn. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood. Natural Lawn of America. Call now to get the free seed. 1-800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's the Rich Sione Show. Live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Before the show's over tonight at 7, so let's get right to it. This is a big story brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. A couple things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, there are more calls now growing for the Federal Bureau of Investigation to launch a criminal investigation into California Governor Gavin Newsom, or Gavin Newscum as Donald Trump called him, (laughs) after an explosive story published this week said that Newsom created an an, an unusual special carve-out in a piece of legislation that benefited one of his top donors, who's the guy who runs Panera Bread. The minimum wage law, they got exempted from it, and the guy gave him a ton of cash, and he's an old buddy of Gavin Newsom's. And so now there are more calls right now to investigate this. Republican Assemblyman Joe Patterson calling for outside investigation into Newsom's ties to billionaire Panera franchisee, even going as far as to say the FBI should be involved, as there is now a potential recall effort against Gavin the Hare Newsom. Uh, Donald Trump is now leading Biden in seven of the swing states that actually matter, all seven. The Bloomberg News Morning Console poll found Biden trailing Trump in several critical states, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, and Wisconsin. I'll say that again. Trump is winning in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, and Wisconsin. 
Those are the states that matter. Trump has leads in all of them. Joe Biden got $40,000 from China funds, according to his brother, James. First brother, James Biden, confirmed during his impeachment inquiry testimony that a $40,000 check made out to former Vice President Joe Biden in 2017 used funds James received from a Chinese government-linked company. Well, James also revealed he received overseas income as recently as last year. The company, CEFC China Energy, was controlled by Beijing, and uh, he insisted that he didn't believe that at first. It was a mistake when he told the IRS that um, first son, Hunter Biden, who was partnering with his uncle, um, that when he told them it didn't come from China, he said he misspoke. Where did you believe the source of that money that was going into Hunter Biden's company, Owasco, prior to being sent to you was coming from? An investigator asked James during the February 21st interview, according to an official transcript released today. This is breaking news. CEFC, James conceded, following an extended back and forth in which the first brother's attorney, Paul Fishman, tried to argue that money's fungible before being reminded by a House staffer that James did not have sufficient funds to make the $40,000 alleged loan repayment on his own. So it is traceable. The interview also established that James Biden received $840,000 over four transfers between November 2022 and July 2023 from Argentinian businessman Jose Luis Manzano, which the first brother said came from selling half of his stake in Manzano's holding of Argentinian national gas company Metrogas. And this is some of the stuff that's coming out now. A lot more is going to come out on this next week, but it backs up the claims by Tony Bobolinsky that the Bidens were on the take from China. All right. So that's all coming out now and um, pretty interesting. Also, I wanted to let you know that the Amish farmer who was raided by the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture uh, inside the courtroom today, this was reported by Wall Street Apes. They had a full hearing and the government was unable to produce any evidence that any person in Pennsylvania or anywhere in the world had ever been harmed by any product of Amos Miller. He's the farmer who was raided by, you remember, the Pennsylvania State Police and the Department of Agriculture. That means they've had all these years to investigate. They've been able to cross-check every pathogen that exists known to man. And at the end of it, what they came up with is not a single consumer of any of his products has had any complaints against him. You're talking about millions of products, thousands of Americans, and all of them uniformly, all the ones that testified, Almost 400 people signed statements under penalty of perjury that they desperately need what Amos Miller provides for their health, for their family's health, for religious and politically expressive purposes, for things that are supposed to be protected under the Constitution. The only credible expert witness testified that she thought there was no risk of any harm from Amos Miller's products and that, in fact, they were of critical benefit to people, not only those who testified, but to those who haven't yet had the joy of having products from Amos Miller's organic farm. It's got to the point that the state of Pennsylvania thinks they should have a complete monopoly on all food everywhere, and if it's in your fridge, they can come in and take it, steal it, destroy it, because they didn't give you permission to eat it first. That's what this is about. We're going to find out how much the court considers those issues and whether or not it's at least going to give some relief to the punitive injunction that right now is crushing Amos Miller and is putting people at risk of real harm because they can't get the food they need from it. There's a rally that's coming up to support him 
And um, I'm glad so many people have reached out to back him and have his back. Here's a little bit more of Fawny Willis's uh, attorney today in court. This guy was a mess. He really is a mess. Here's the first part where he forgets her name, forgets Fawny Willis's name. Confused. I guess it's confusing because we've heard so much about their romantic relationship. Uh, take a listen. Uh, as well as uh, large-scale cases like this one, and much larger, um, and they also have, uh, there's a lot of high-profile prosecutions. If Miss Wade's, or excuse me, Miss Willis's ultimate <laughs> goal by hiring Mr. Wade was for her financial benefit, then she would put Mr. Wade on every single one of those cases. Uh, here's a little bit more of him. Uh, 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 I guess. Uh, 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 I guess. Uh, take a listen. The of which was never. Um, shown um and all the while um miss willis facing these costs has been able to continue to do the work unrelated to this case uh, which is shown in the fact that um atlanta's murder rate and violent crime rates have decreased while she has been in office what was shown through the testimony of all of the witnesses and through the evidence um, that your honor heard was that there wasn't an actual conflict, that the defense failed to provide any sort of actual conflict uh, in relation to uh, Miss Wade's, uh, I guess, the relationship uh, that uh, transpired um, from uh, the relationship between her uh, and Mr. Wade, and that there was absolutely no evidence of a financial uh, benefit that she gained uh, as it relates to the prosecution um, of this case and the ultimate outcome of the case. Um, the corroboration of all of that is the things that your honor is very much aware um, that she could have, uh, I guess, financially benefited from uh, stretching out the case, uh, for lack of better words, by uh, the grand or the special grand jury recommended that 39 individuals be indicted. But uh, through her sifting through uh, the special grand jury's uh, report and all of the evidence with uh, the team uh, that indicted the case, uh, they only uh, went with uh, 19 of the defendants, which. Had she gone to 30, gone with all 39, there's, uh, based on the defense counsel's assertions, um, would have given her the opportunity to certainly uh, find these uh, financial gains uh, that are claimed uh, through the allegations of defense counsel. And here's him uh, trying to mount the defense for the guys who were accused of murder in my cousin Vinny. Uh, take a listen. Uh, all right. Mr. Uh, 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 Tipton. Now, when you viewed my clients, how, how, how far away were you? About 50 feet. Oh, now, nah. do you think that that's close enough to make an accurate? Identification? Yes. Mr. Tipton, I see you wear eyeglasses. Sometimes. Well, would you care to show those eyeglasses? The <laughs> uh, guy's so bad. Uh, Republicans are now looking to probe the FBI's sudden about face on the confidential source that they've now arrested. I, I've been making this point to you all week, which is this. Could you imagine if Trump's Justice Department had arrested somebody who made a claim against Donald Trump? If you had a confidential human source working with the government and made a 
claim about Trump and then Trump's own FBI arrested that person. It would be a national outrage. It would be calls for his impeachment. There would be probes opened. I mean, it would be impeached. He would be impeached again. No question about it. Well, this guy who was arrested and House Republicans are now demanding the FBI turn over records related to the federal government's indictment of a once trusted confidential human source, according to a joint congressional letter shared exclusively with the Federalist. On Friday, House Oversight Chairman James Comer and Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan sent the letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray to request documents related to special counsel David Weiss's indictment of confidential human source Alexander Smirnov. Smirnov was charged two weeks ago for allegedly making false statements about President Joe Biden's involvement in a criminal bribery scheme with a Ukrainian oligarch. Republican lawmakers, however, are left with questions about the FBI's sudden about face on the source they once highly regarded. Prior to the indictment, the FBI allowed Mr. Smirnov to serve as a confidential human source for over 14 years and earn a six-figure income while maintaining extensive and extremely recent foreign intelligence contacts. Only after Mr. Smirnov reported that President Joe Biden accepted a bribe from a Ukrainian energy company in exchange for using his official position to oust the Ukrainian prosecutor general, did the FBI apparently take a hard look at this confidential human source. The 43-year-old Smirnov pled not guilty to charges of fabricating the multi-million dollar bribery scheme, which was outlined in an FD-1023 before Biden took office and is now at the heart of the impeachment inquiry. The Bidens, Smirnov said, pay, were paid $10 million to protect executives at Burisma from the prosecutors. Margot Cleveland, Margaret Cleveland, who is, uh, she is the Federalist senior legal correspondent. She's a great investigative reporter. She said, if Smirnov lied to his handlers in June 2020 about his conversations with Burisma executives, the indictment is well deserved, she said. But in contrast to the Russia collusion hoax, which rested solely on the Steele dossier to paint Trump as a Putin patsy, evidence of Biden family corruption is comprehensive, diverse, and comes from their own mouths, texts, emails, and loyalists. The Hunter Biden laptop, which Weiss has confirmed is authentic, implicates Hunter, Joe, and Jim Biden in multiple influence peddling schemes. Bank records confirm the millions in transfers from Chinese communists, Romanians, Ukrainians, and others, including the wife of the former Moscow mayor, who amazingly avoided being included on the Biden administration's just-released tougher Russian sanction list. I told you that she's also the investigative reporter who pointed out that Everything in the special counsel's conclusions regarding Joe Biden and the classified documents points to Joe Biden having those classified documents in his possession when Hunter Biden was doing business with with Ukraine. And I'm telling you, this whole thing about Biden being a doddering old fool and just simply can't be prosecuted because no jury would find him guilty because he's just a forgetful old man hiding his Easter eggs is the cover up. It's the cover up of the fact of the matter that Joe Biden had classified documents and was using his son, was helping his son Hunter with those documents in violation of the Espionage Act. And we're all being distracted by the fact that they said Biden's hiding his own Easter eggs. Kevin's in Bucks County. Kevin, how are you, sir? Hello. How What's are you? up, Kevin? Good. How are you? Um, good. I have one book I'd love to suggest to everybody. Zell Miller, a National Party No More, the Conscious of a Conservative Democrat. It's about 20 years old. He was the senator and governor of Georgia at one point. 
But mainly I'm calling, I think McCormick is going to have a real tough road to hoe against um, Casey for four points. So if you allow me. Uh, One, Casey's the incumbent. Two, a person is smart and sheeple are stupid. Three, there's the abortion issue. And four, McCormick lost out to Oz in the primary. He lost yeah, to but Oz. it was close, though. It was close. And yeah, Trump but, backed Oz. But Trump was backing Oz. So that was that was the reason why. Yeah, I guess. But, so, you know, I, look, I'm going to vote for him regardless. But I, I think it's the whole it's, it's going to be a me. Kevin, it's going to be a fight. No, no doubt about it. But, you know, it. I think he's a strong candidate. And I think that the abortion issue is is something that is being way overblown here. I don't I don't think the average voter is thinking about it. It's something that we're told is a big issue. I do not think it's the issue everybody's making it out to be. Well, for me, with speaking to a lot of young women, it's huge. It's like their only thing front and center. It's like living rent free you know, in their mind. Um, but again, it depends on who we speak to. And um, last thing, look, I want to give you Morgan and Morgan law. It's yours. You can own it. I'm going to send it right to you. you know, Morgan and Morgan is, is, is already taken. You're talking about moron no. and moron. Yeah. More, well, moron and moron. And I have moron and moron law. I want to give you moron and moron law. All right. You're a good man. It's Kevin, thank you. I got to run. All right. Thank you. We'll, 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 we'll take it from you. You're, you're, I appreciate you doing that, Kevin. Thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. 855-839-1210. We'll take it off your hands. No problem. Uh, Trump made the point of saying that um, Texas is a war zone now. We, we he said this to Hannity last night. I don't really have the, uh, the time to play it for you at this moment, but just just understand something right now. And that's 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 this. I'll get into this in the next hour. The Democrats, like Eric Adams and others, they're refusing to acknowledge that Joe Biden caused this crisis by undoing all the executive actions that Donald Trump put in place when Joe Biden undid all those executive actions by executive action. Joe Biden opened up the border and they're refusing to acknowledge this. But now Joe Biden has another problem to worry about, and that is this. Marianne Williamson has unsuspended her presidential campaign. That's right. She is back in the race now. She's a psychic, so she definitely saw this coming. But here's Marianne Williamson announcing that she is unsuspending her presidential campaign. She's running as a Democrat. Biden now, he should be worried. Cut 18. Hey, I have an important announcement to make. As of today, I am unsuspending my campaign for the presidency of the United States. I had suspended it because I was losing the horse race. But something so much more important than the horse race is at stake here, and we must respond. Right now, we have a fascist standing at the door. Everybody's all upset about it. Well, we should be upset about it. But we're not going to defeat the fascist by, well, by what? What is President Biden offering? He says, let's finish the job. Well, I hope you realize we're talking about millions of voters for whom they can't even survive unless they work at two or three jobs. What is he saying beyond, you know, the economy is really doing well. Are you kidding me? For whom? Well, listen, I don't disagree with her on that point. Although the fascist thing is a little bit tiring, isn't it? All right, we got a big six o'clock hour for you coming up. The Biden regime ratchets up its authoritarianism authoritarianism with the arrest of a Blaze investigative reporter. You want to talk about fascism? Fascism is putting journalists in jail who write about January 6th, like what they just did, what they just did today. Um, fascism is uh, arresting a confidential human source who uh, alleged the president of the United States took a bribe and then having the FBI arrest them 
arrest that person to destroy the credibility of the case. That that's fascism, Marianne Williamson. And we're living through fascism right now. We're watching it play out in this country live in real time. Fourth and final hour straight ahead. Uh, Cherry Hill Vavo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. My great friends over there, Judith Krupnik, the entire team. They'd love to see you. And this is a wonderful time to get the Cherry Hill Vavo because they have an amazing special for you. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000 with less than 5,000 miles on it. It's a beautiful car. It's made right here in the United States of America. And Cherry Hill Volvo is proud to be our station sponsor. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. So don't forget that when it comes to showing loyalty to our friends and our sponsors, there's no one better than Cherry Hill Volvo. All the other Volvo dealerships out there, they're the best. And the closest one, too, to our region, right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. And they will work to give you the absolute best incentives, the most aggressive pricing possible. That's what they're known for and the luxury experience that you deserve. So whether it's the S-Class or maybe the XC60, the new Volvo SUV that I have, I love it. It's fast, it's spacious, got a ton of cargo room. Or the XC90 with the third row, great for the kids, the beautiful family car. Either way, you'll have a wonderful experience at Cherry Hill Volvo because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. They really do. So go see them today. Right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. And how about a beautiful S60 courtesy vehicle with less than 5,000 miles on it? And it could be yours for less than $29,000. Don't miss out on that opportunity. You'll love driving the S Class. I drove it for five months and I loved it. It's a beautiful, beautiful, fast car with all the latest technology. All the bells and whistles. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They prove that every single day. So go see them today. Cherry Hill Volvo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.